God bless you guys. Uh, go ahead and find your Bibles to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Dr. Gash, thank you for your investment through the lives of students, your influence in my life. My wife graduated here 22 years ago, and uh, I'm thankful for what God is doing here in Lancaster. Thankful for the leadership conference. Thank you for the college. Thankful for the fine arts, a place where... Um, I'm thankful for your pastor, Pastor Paul Chapel, for his friendship and how he has loved not just our ministry, but many other men uh, in the gospel ministry. We're thankful for that. Never take for granted what you have here in Lancaster. This is not the norm. You go around the places. I, got an, I have a lot of opportunities to preach in many places, and this is not the norm. God is doing something special here, and uh, don't take that for granted. If you're a freshman, you know, get as much as you could while you're here. If you're about to graduate, stay connected. They, they need you and you need them. We need each other. So I think it's a blessing to be here. Again, thank you so much to see some of my friends here and just to be able to minister here this morning. Galatians chapter 5. The Bible says this in verse number 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little laven, laven it the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none other wise minded. But he that troubled you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I pre yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which troubled you. Verse number seven, again, I want to just read it one more time. The Bible says this, you did run well. Who did hinder you? They should not obey the truth. My Father, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the morning that you give to us. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm so grateful for that, Lord God, that you've given us another day. Help, not, help us not to waste it, squander it. Help us to steward our day that will bring glory and honor to you. Lord, as I prayed earlier, I prayed for a couple of things. First of all, that you would honor your name through this chapel service, through the preaching of God's word. And the second thing I pray is, Lord God, is that you would help your people. Help the saints to be edified for the work of the ministry. And Lord God, at the end of the day, we'll give you the glory for all the things that's going to be said and done. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May God bless you. You may be seated. A popular Greek mythology character, Atalanta, the famous Atalanta foot race. The Greek mythological story of the huntress Atalanta tells a tale of her desire to remain a virgin and how the only way that she would marry is if her suitors would compete with her in a race. As she was the fastest runner, she would be confident that she wouldn't be defeated. However, Atalanta was gifted to run, but she met her match, Epiphanes was his name. He eventually beat her in the deadly race, and the race kind of took place something like this. Atalanta was reunited with her father, and her father was eager to marry her off, wanted to marry her off, but she wanted to remain a virgin. 
She wanted to stay as a virgin for her life, but her father said, no, you need to get married. So her father said to her, fine. She said, if you want me to get married, then here's the condition. The condition is whoever is going to marry me, they have to beat me in a foot race. She was the fastest. She paced herself well. She knew that no one out there would be able to defeat her. Her condition as well as this, whoever raises me, and if they don't beat me, they're going to be put to death. So she took the race, and many people tried to compete with her. Many had tried to beat her and were subsequently killed. But until a man named Epiphanes competed and challenged her to the race. Epiphanes was attracted to her. He couldn't resist the impossible challenge and appealed to Epaphroditus, the goddess of love, for help. So Epaphroditus gave Epiphanes three golden apples to throw in front of Atalanta. Every time that she would move ahead of him, he would take a golden apple, and he would take that golden apple and just cast it in front of her to make sure that she sees the golden apple. So as the race went on, in the beginning of the race, she was pacing herself well. She was, he was just right behind her, and he casts the golden apple. Halfway through the race, he noticed that Atlanta is getting ahead again. So he takes the golden apple and casts another golden apple in front of her. She sees the golden apple, picks it up, and there she's off into the race. Again, she was an extraordinary runner. The foot race was definitely her, her expertise. Eventually, right before the finish line, Hephaphanes knew that if he doesn't do anything about it, he's going to be defeated in his life. is going to be put to death. One more time, he had one golden apple that was left. And right before she crosses the finish line, he takes a golden apple, and he casts the golden apple again. And there, Atalanta sees the golden apple. She stops and picks it up. And there, Hephaphanes takes it, his last breath, sprints to the finish line, and he barely crosses the finish line. And there, Atalanta was defeated, and he marries her off. I think you kind of see the idea of the analogy of that story and how there are certain things in the race of life that God has put you on that there are some hindrances on the race that were placed on. In fact, the book of Galatians is a story or an account that's written to a churches in Galatia. At the very beginning of the life of these churches that was there in Galatia, they were planted by the Apostle Paul, and they did very well. In fact, in Galatians chapter 1, the Bible said this in verse number 7. The Bible says this, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that have called you to the grace of Christ unto another Gospel. You understand, when the Apostle Paul went there, he planted churches in Derby, Lystra, and Iconium. And these places there, they started churches, they started out right. The right doctrine, the right philosophy, the right message, the right Christ, the right way to go to heaven. And there was only one way to go to heaven. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ, justification by faith in Christ. And everything was right. And they started off in the race the right way. Eventually, the false gospel came along. The following verses in chapter 1, verse number 8, the Bible says this, 
The Bible says in verse number seven, which is not another gospel, gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. See, everything went well until someone came along and started to cast a false doctrine, the false gospel. By the way, it wasn't another gospel. It was a false doctrine, false teaching. At one time, Paul thought of justification by faith in Christ alone. The gospel of grace. Someone comes along and teaches them work salvation. Justification by works now. And here the churches in Galatia opened their ears and they were paying attention to this. And eventually they were swayed, they were allured, they were tempted, and they forsook the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the account, if you keep on reading it, in chapter 2, verse number 21, the Bible says this, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. In chapter 3, verse number 1, the Bible says this, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. I like to look at verse number 2 of chapter 3. The Bible says this, This only would I learn of you, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you not made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, that he do it he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. What the Apostle Paul was saying to the churches in Galatia was simply this Hey, did you get saved by the Spirit of God or did you get saved by works? Hey, God that worked in your life, were you saved by grace or were you saved by works? Do you understand that the gospel has been given to you and you started off in the right foundation and as you gone on in your journey, something has, or someone has hindered you. In fact, in chapter 4, verse number 9, the Bible says this, But now after that you have known God or are known of God, how turn you again unto the weak and beggarly elements? Weren't you desire again to be in the bondage? You have served days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you. That's I have bestowed upon you your labor in vain. They have departed from the truth. By the time you get to chapter 5, the first three verses, the Bible says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, where we Christ had made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that is debtor to do the whole law. See, the apostle Paul knew and how important it was to remind the churches in Galatia that, look, you're in a race, and there's someone there pulling you away from this race, and you permitted yourself to be lured away from this race, you didn't start off with work salvation. You started off with grace salvation. You started off with the gospel of Jesus Christ and not this other perverted gospel. And so by the time you get to chapter 5, verse number 7, look what it says. 
The Apostle Paul is going to start to use an analogy of a runner in verse number 7. He says, ye did run well. You understand when you read those four words, you understand in your mind that they were running the right direction. They were on the right pace of life. They were on the right race. They were serving the Lord Jesus Christ. They were following God. They were in the right doctrine, the right teaching, the right place to be at. But something happened. He says, you did run well. Everything was going good. You embraced the truth of Christ. You accepted Christ. And the, this running analogy, they were in the right pace of life. But look at this again, verse number 7. Who did hinder you? Who did hinder you? They should not obey the truth. Paul was attempting to draw attention to someone that's hindering them. I think Dr. Weaver said this when he was preaching at our church one time. Dr. Weaver, you might remember. It's not what hinders you. It's who hinders you. So when the Apostle Paul said, like, well, let me tell you something. You were doing good. Yeah, you were running for Jesus Christ. But someone came along. Someone wanted to get your attention. Someone wanted to get your time. Someone wanted to get your loyalty and your devotion. And somebody else came along, and now you're out of this race. You're not running the race well. I want you to see the Apostle Paul starts to warn this church in the book of Galatians about the, the hindrance to the race that they're in. I want you to look at verse number 8. The Bible says this in verse number 8. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Christ will never hinder your race. Christ Jesus will never put out those golden apples for you to not run the race that he has set in your life. Notice the words, it says persuasion. You know, you ever train a dog? I have an American Akita. I have a couple of them. And what we do with a dog when you train them is you don't force them, you lure them. The word persuasion is to lure, uh, to, to guide, to, to convince. You take a little bait and then you kind of like just take the dog and make him follow that kibble in your hand or whatever uh, treat that the dog is looking after. And you just kind of make him walk around and follow you with this treat. And so the Apostle Paul said, look, you know this hindrance? The person that's been hindering you, that's not from Jesus Christ. Someone else is luring you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, Christ is never going to pull you out of the ministry. I mean, it, I've been in, in ministry now since 2005, full-time ministry. I've seen people leave church, and I've seen people say, you know, uh, Pastor, I'm, I'm gone. Uh, you know, I think I'm just going to go take this job. I'm going to move out of this state. I'm going to go here. And it's like, why are you going to move out of this state? I said, well, I'm going to get a 25-cent raise per hour. I was like, 25 cents, you'll forfeit Jesus Christ? Sounds like an allurement to me. When Christ is plugged into a local church, when somebody is in Bible college and they know that God has called them to finish four years and God has called them not just to finish four years but to be trained for the mission field, to go out there and plant a church in the foreign field and halfway through that Bible college, by the time they meet that one person, they were a Lord and they were 
following this allurement or this persuasion that there's something better out there than, than instead of serving Jesus Christ. See, so Paul tells him this, look, you need to be careful. There's hindrances in your race, and Christ will never pull you out of this race. And then he goes on to verse number 9, and he gives another reason. Verse number 9 says, A little laven, laven it, the whole lump. Paul uses another analogy of yeast when it's mixed with flour. When you let it sit there for a while, here's what it does. It affects the whole lump. See, your hindrances spreads. It contaminates. It destroys. Do you understand how important it is for you to stay in the race for the Lord Jesus Christ? How important that is. You might think that the next four years or the next two years or one more year or two more weeks, whatever you're going to graduate, ah, no, that's just another phase of my life. This is just another season of my life. This is how important it is. There's a city out there waiting for you. You want those prayers to be answered when that man that came up here, there's a revival meeting, prayer meeting that's taking place on Sunday. You want those prayers to be answered. You stay in the race that God has called you to finish. There's a city out there waiting for you. There's a family out there that's waiting for you to knock on their doors, to open up that Bible of yours, and to tell them about how to get saved for Jesus Christ. If you pick up the golden apples in your life and you start to get hindered by the things of this world, let me remind you this morning, there's going to be a spread of contamination that Christianity is going to get affected. It's not just you and me. If I... If I, if, if I give up my ministry and I say, man, forget about this ministry, and I just walk away from it, there's about 400 people in National City and the surrounding cities that's going to get affected by it. But not just that. There's so many missionaries that we support that's going to get affected by it. But not just that. The next generation that needs to hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is going to get affected by it. May I remind you this morning that when you are hindered in serving Jesus Christ, it spreads and it contaminates. A little leaven, leaven it the whole lump. In fact, look what it says in verse number 10. Number 11, I mean, And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, what I yet suffer persecution, then is the offense of the cross cease. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. It's interesting to think about this portion of the scripture that the person, the churches in Galatia were troubled because they let the hindrances come into their life. They let themselves be affected by the Judaizers of the day, these people that were influencing them to forsake the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse number 10, he gives a final reason. The Bible said in verse number 10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded. But he that trouble you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. So Paul said, no, I have confidence in you. I believe in this congregation, the group of body of students that we have this morning. I have confidence in many of you that because of God, he can work through you, for you, in you. Being confident in this very thing that he which had begun a good work in us. We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I believe this, that some of you are being hindered by the things of this world. Some of you are being hindered by many things of this life. We live in a world that wants our attention. 
the social media, the TikToks, the Instagram, don't you know that they designed those things to just grab your attention? I read a book not too long ago, but it's interesting how CEOs of this semi-valley places that design our apps and designs all this software, they send their own children, some of them send their own children to a um, digital free school because they know that they could draw the attention of people. Some of them made their apps just by the simple concept of like a slot machine. They said a slot machine makes more money than baseball, Major League Baseball, and Super Bowl put together. I thought about it, that's amazing, man. 25 cents, 5 cents, quarters, nickels, and dimes. It's just but a piece of a quarter. But you keep on putting it in there. No wonder you could scroll all day in your phone and you waste five hours all day just scrolling to the next reel, the next story, the next picture, the next event. Because why? Because they understand that your iPhone can allure you. And instead of reading your Bible, and instead of serving Jesus Christ, instead of focusing on what you're supposed to be focusing in the Lord, you're addicted to a device. You know what I call that in the young people, Dr. Getch? They were driving. I can't remember where they were driving, but we had a bunch of young people, teenagers, in our bus. And I was like, and my son was there. Hey, son, how was the bus drive to that place you were going to? I was like, oh, a lot of them were in their cell phones. You know what I call that? Son, son that's like your dopamine dispenser, huh? All <laughs> oh, those drug addicts and crackheads. You know, they, they have the fiend, they, they're, they're desiring to have their next hit. Their ne but, you know, our young people today have an dopamine dispenser, and it's just called their iPhones. And they get addicted to it. In my time, we knew what boredom was. Seriously. We get bored, and, you know, we have to stare outside the window for a long two, three-hour drive. Today, you get bored, you pull out your phone and just click. You don't, you don't, you don't know what boredom is. Because you go right to the phone. You want to be entertained. Because here's the reason why. Because there's a group of people out there in our culture that wants your attention. That wants you to be their follower. That wants you to be attached to them. And they want your life. They want everything from you. Whether it's your money or your time, they want you. And they could pull you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm mindful that hindrances in your life can be overcome by the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I have confidence in you through the Lord, that you will be more none other wise-minded. I believe this, that God can work through you and help you to rise above this. Even Paul said, those that have, that have uh, lured you away, they're going to face a judgment from God. So we come to an idea this morning that Paul was warning the churches of Galatia about being hindered in the race. May I remind you this morning, don't let anyone hinder you from the race that Christ has set you on. Don't let that relationship pull you away from following Jesus Christ and fulfilling the calling of God in your life. 
Some of you know that you, God has laid something in your heart because you were sitting in that Sunday school class and that Sunday school teacher was teaching something and God's word just spoke to your heart and the Holy Spirit was doing something in your life. Some of you had come to the altar during an invitation of a church service or doing a chapel service and you know God has grabbed the hold of your heart and you know what God wants you to do. And it might not be immediate right away, but it's going to take you some time to get prepared and trained for that ministry that God has called you to. May I encourage you this morning, don't let anyone hinder you from following that call. Don't let anything stop you from following the Lord Jesus Christ. God expects you to stay fully committed to him. I love the words when Jesus said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to be able to hear that. At the end of my life, when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I want to hear those words, well done, that good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in, in over a few things. I'll make the ruler over many things. Enter down to the joy of the Lord. God is looking for faithfulness. God is looking for people that will stay faithful to him. You know, the Apostle Paul, as he continues to write to churches, he wrote several times, one in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse number 24, Luke made reference to Paul's sayings there. The Bible said, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. In this early part of his ministry, he said, I desire to finish my course. In the latter part of his ministry, when he wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. That ought to be our desire to finish well. Even Jesus, when he was encouraging his disciples and their followers, he taught them how important it is that the Bible said, no man having put his hand in the plow and looking back is fit. For the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you this morning that we live in a world that's just desiring to pull us away from Jesus Christ. Our culture is counter-Christian. Our culture wants to cancel Christianity today. But may I remind you, all those things in the race that Jesus Christ has for us, don't let the hindrances stop you. Put the priority first, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I still remember the book of Galatians, the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says this, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. By the way, that's the only person we need to be looking on to. That's the only person that I need to keep my eyes on. That's the only one that deserves all the glory. And the person that I'm trying to please and the person that you ought to be trying to please in your life. And that's Jesus Christ who died for us, was buried, and he rose again from the grave. My friend, Jesus Christ deserves it. He is worthy of all praises and glory. You need to keep your eyes looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. My friend, we don't need to be picking up golden apples on the race that Jesus Christ has set for us. 
I believe this, that as we continue to run the race, there's going to be golden apples there, but keep your eyes on the one that put you into this race. Occasionally, what I do as a hobby or just trying to stay healthy is I do what is called a happy run. So you know what a happy run for me is? A happy run is when I could run and smile. If I can't smile, I'm not happy. So that means I got to go like a, a turtle pace, <laughs> Dr. Gash. So I go to a place called War Park, not too far away from my house, not too far, far away from the church. Exactly 5K. Once a week, I'll try to run it. I'll do this happy run. I don't run it fast. I'm not a fast runner. I just try to get my blood flowing, my exercise, and uh, you know, just try to eat healthy and all those kind of things. So I do this thing maybe Friday morning or Saturday early in the morning. I do a happy run. As I do this happy run, I start off very slow, do my stretches and all those kind of things. And by the time we get to the two-mile marker of this happy run, it's only three miles, I start to want to say, man, what am I doing this for? Why am I running? So sometimes I say to myself, I'm running because I just want to get this thing over with. <laughs> so I do this happy run. By the time I get to two miles, I mean, I just want to quit. Then I see these people that's twice my age just run past by me. I said, like, what is the point of doing my happy run? It's making me more miserable. <laughs> this is not a happy run anymore. One time I had a grandma that ran past by me. I was like, man, it's over. I'm just going to walk. <laughs> but you know, I always try to finish that race, though. Keep my pace going. Sometimes I try to pace myself when some of these runners, this, man, they're training. They, this is what they do for their life. They eat, they breathe, and everything else, you know, this is what they do. I try to pace myself sometimes, you know, and I realize to myself that I don't enjoy my happy runs if I try to keep up with somebody or I match myself up with someone else. When I start to keep my eyes on people, do you know you and I are in the ministry to serve Jesus Christ? to run the race that God has given to us. There's going to be golden apples along the way. I want to encourage you, young men, don't pick up those golden apples. Don't look at them. Just keep the race looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. There's things that's going to come across in your life that you're going to look at this person or that person. I'm going to encourage you, keep your eyes on Jesus. Just be faithful to Jesus Christ. He's the one that gave his life for you, and he rose from the grave. Jesus deserves it. So this morning, don't let the hindrances of the race pull you aside. Run with patience the race that is set before you, and stay faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ.